Welcome to the Greystone Church Podcast. We are grateful that you're here and taking time out of your day to listen and grow with God. We pray that God will speak to you and you will experience His amazing love through this message. Let's take a listen. I hope everybody had a Christ-filled Christmas. Uh, Over the last several years, uh, Greystone has not met in person uh, the Sunday between our Christmas Eve services and New Year's Day. Uh, We like to give our incredible staff and our amazing volunteers that Sunday off. And so hopefully all of you are enjoying a little rest and you're enjoying some extended time uh, with your family and friends. I want you to know that Jennifer and I love you and it's an honor to serve uh, as your pastor. I don't know about you, but I absolutely love the start of a new year. Uh, It's fun to start fresh, to begin with uh, something new. Uh, When I was a kid growing up in South Mississippi, I used to love the first day of school. Now, I didn't love summer being over. I didn't love having to start waking up early or having to start wearing a shirt again or having to start wearing uh, shoes again. Uh, But I loved the first day of school, and and I loved uh, getting that school supply list uh, from the teachers. You know, you you get the list with the notebooks and the scissors and the glue and the construction paper. And I remember getting that list and my mom taking me to the store and going and checking everything off the list and just getting organized uh, for the new school year. Uh, my mom would also take us to buy, buy new school clothes at the beginning of the school year. And uh, some of you older folks may, may remember the tough skin uh, blue jeans. My mom would buy me the tough skins. I'd always wear a hole in the knee and then she would iron on a patch or, or sew a patch on to, to cover up the holes in my jeans. Uh, now my daughter buys jeans with, with holes Uh, already in them. Uh, But I love the beginning of a new year, the opportunity to start over, the opportunity to start fresh. It's like getting a mulligan uh, on that first tee box. It's just just a great feeling. And I love to dream of the possibilities of a new year. I love to dream big. Uh, I love to set big goals. I'm a very positive person uh, by nature. I'm extremely optimistic. Uh, I truly believe that this could be the best year yet. Uh, Jennifer likes to joke with me because I'm always thinking that things are going to work out best case uh, scenario. And so as we begin a new year, I want to encourage you to dream big. I want to encourage you to start the year with this incredible faith and optimism and positivity. Uh, In fact, I want you to think about the new year with childlike faith and wonder. Uh, I like to to wonder, uh, and when I'm uh, wondering... I think the the older we get, and with the use of Google, a lot of us have lost our wonder. Every time I'm wondering about something, Jennifer will just Google it and tell me the answer. And and I'll tell Jennifer, I didn't really want to know the answer to the question. I just wanted to to wonder about it. And I think as we've gotten older, uh, we lose our childlike faith. We lose our, our wonder. We lose our ability to imagine the possibilities. Uh, it seems like we get stuck in the routines of life and, and the same old, same old. And so as we're on the eve of a new year, I want to encourage you to wonder. I want to encourage you to dream, to, to think about the possibilities of what God could do in your life uh, and through your life. I mean, I truly believe that this could be your best year yet. Uh, one of the questions that I like to ask people is if you could do anything in the world, uh, what would you do? 
I, th- I think it's so much fun to to dream. And sometimes I'll say, if money is is not a concern, uh, what would you do? What is your dream? What is your vision uh, of the future? If you could do anything in 2024, uh, what would it be? And so when it comes to focusing our lives on something or investing our time and our talents and our treasures into something or or someone, I like to think about four categories. And the four categories are be, do, have, and help. Uh, Who do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to have? And who do you want to help? Uh, The first category has to do with who you are. It's it's your person. It's your your personal character uh, qualities. Like, who do you want to be? Uh, The second thing is, what do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? What do you want to accomplish? The third thing is, what do you want to have? And this could simply be your possessions, or it could be a certain quality of life. And then lastly, who do you want to help? Uh, Jesus made it clear that we should live other-centered lives. And so, who do you want to help? Uh, Who do you want to minister to? And so, we have tons of possibilities. It could be your spouse. could be your kids. could be your grandkids. Uh, You might want to minister to your small group, to children's ministry, student ministry, prison ministry, foster kids, the poor, the unchurched, uh, unwed, uh, pregnant women, unborn children, the homeless, the elderly, college students, single moms. I mean, the list could go on and on of the different people that we could minister to. So what is your dream? What is your vision? Another another way of saying it is, what is your promised land? What What is God calling you to? What is he leading you to do? And so, so the first question I would have you ask as we're on the eve of this new year is what is your promised land? What is, what is the big goal? What is the big vision? What is the big dream? The second question is how are you going to get there? What are you going to do in 2024 to accomplish your dream? Like what objectives uh, can you set? What, what, what goals can you strive for? Uh, what action steps do you need to take? Uh, one of my favorite uh, stories in the Bible is in Joshua chapter 3, and it's the story of the Israelites, three and a half million people crossing the Jordan River and entering into the promised land. And this event was 40 years in the making. Uh, Joshua and Caleb uh, waited 40 years uh, for this to happen. And so what steps did they take to make it happen And what steps do you need to take uh, this year and in the future to see your promised land become a reality? Now, I'm no prophet. I don't have, I don't claim to be a prophet. I don't have the gift of prophecy. Now, I do have people in my life who are prophets. I do have people uh, close to me that have the gift of prophecy. I don't claim to have the gift of prophecy, but I want to speak a word a prophecy into your life this year. Uh, now, this isn't going to be for everyone, but this will be for someone. This is going to be for someone who's listening today, someone who's watching today. In Joshua 3, 5, Joshua told the people, he said, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Well, let me read that verse again. He says, consecrate yourselves, 
For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. Did you hear what I just said? Tomorrow, God is going to do amazing things in your life. In 2024, God is going to do amazing things in your life. Do you believe that to be true? Now, I'm recording uh, this video, so I can't see you or I can't hear uh, your response, but hopefully you're shouting amen. God wants to do something amazing in your life in 2024. Do you believe that? See, some of you are embracing this. Some of you are saying amen. Some Some of you are saying praise God. And others of you are being skeptical. You're saying, Pastor Jay, Joshua is speaking to the Israelites. He's not speaking to us. He's not speaking to us in the, in the new year of 2024. Well, God's word is timeless. God's principles are true. Yes, God is speaking to the Israelites through Joshua, but we can apply it to our lives today. God wants to do amazing things in your life. God loves you. God is for you. You are his child. He wants what is best for your life. Jesus came so you can have life and have life to the full. Jesus came so that you can have the abundant life. The abundant life is not just living forever, but it's living the highest quality of life here on earth. I love the NLT version of John 10, 10. It says, my purpose, this is what Jesus said. My purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. Do you believe this? See, I'm not preaching a wealth and prosperity theology. I'm preaching the good news. Jesus came so that you can have life and have it to the full. He wants you to reach your highest potential in life. He wants you to make the most of your life. If God is for us, who can be against us? God is for you. Jesus promised us, just as, as, as God promised Joshua in Joshua 1.8. Listen to this, Joshua 1.8. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. God wants you to be prosperous and successful. He wants you to be like that tree in, in Psalm 1, planted by the streams of water that's, that's, that's strong and healthy. The roots are down deep. The leaves are always green, and it never fails to bear fruit. God wants to produce amazing things in your life. God wants you to be prosperous and successful. He has a purpose for you. He has a plan for your future. If you are still breathing, God is not done with you. He has a work for you to do. He wants to do amazing things in your life and through your life. I hope you guys are picking up what I'm putting down. I hope hope you're catching what I'm throwing. So how do we see the miracle? How do we get to the promised land? How how do we reach our goals and dreams? How do we see God do amazing things in our lives? Well, I want to share three things with you straight from the passage. The first is to consecrate yourselves. God tells Joshua to tell the Israelites, I'm going to do amazing things in your life. I'm going to perform miracles. I'm going to lead you into the promised land. But first, you have a job to do. You have work to do consecrate yourselves, prepare yourselves. 
Make sure that you don't have any sin in your life that's going to prevent you, that's going to prevent God from working in you and working through you. Ask God to reveal sin in your life. Ask God to show you things in your life that you need to clean up. Ask God to show you what needs to be removed from your life. He says to consecrate yourselves. Psalm 66, 18 says, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened to me. Sin hinders our prayers. God doesn't even entertain our prayers if we have unconfessed sin in our hearts. If we are holding on to a particular sin, God is not going to do amazing things in our lives. Sin keeps God from moving and working in our lives. See, sin grieves the Holy Spirit. Sin chokes out the Holy Spirit. Sin prevents the Holy Spirit from moving in our lives. Ephesians 4, 30-32 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Listen to this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. See, if we have sin in our lives, we are grieving the Holy Spirit. We're keeping God from moving in our lives. We're keeping God from moving in our church. He says to get rid of all bitterness and anger and talking bad about other people. Be kind and compassionate to others. Extend lots of grace and love and forgiveness. It says we're to forgive others as Christ has forgiven us. Philippians 2.14 says, Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God, without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like the stars in the sky. The Bible is clear that complaining is a sin. Complaining, negativity, bad attitudes. It's like a cancer that spreads throughout the body of Christ. It's like a cancer that spreads throughout the church. And so if you're complaining all the time, if you have, if you have a lot of negativity, you have a bad attitude, God is not going to do amazing things in your life, in your family, or in your church. And so we need to repent of the sin, like complaining, negativity, bad attitude. We need, we need to repent of this. We need, to, we need to run from sin, and we need to run from people who are causing us to sin. If you get someone in your life that, that's always complaining, like he or she is bitter and angry and talking bad about others, you want to consecrate yourself from that person. Remove him or her from your life. And if you are that person, Repent of your sins. Ask God to cleanse you. Ask God to forgive you. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure, pure heart. This may not be the message that you wanted to hear, but it's the message that you need to hear. God is not going to do amazing things in your life until you consecrate yourselves until you run from sin and you pursue righteousness and faith, love and peace, and you do life with other people who are pursuing hard after God. Consecrate yourselves, 
for tomorrow God is going to do amazing things. Amen? Amen? All right, that's the first thing, consecrate yourselves. The second thing is obey God's instructions. So God gives clear instructions to the Israelites to cross the Jordan River. In Joshua chapter 3, God gives the game plan. He says the priests are to carry the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God. The priests were to lead the way, and then the people were to, to fall in behind the priest. And the people weren't to come, to come within a 1,000 yards of the Ark of the Covenant. It says, don't go near the Ark. And then the priests were to step into the raging Jordan River at flood stage. And then God says, after the priests step in the water, then I'm going to stop up the waters. And then the priests were to walk in the middle of the river. Three and a half million people are going to cross over on dry land. And when you get to the other side, I'm going to ask one person from each tribe to come back and grab a stone to set up a memorial to the miracle. And so everyone did as God instructed. God performs this miracle, and they enter the promised land. And so the principle to obey is God's instructions. Now, now we have have the Bible, right? We have, have, uh, these are our instructions. This this is our uh, owner's manual to life. And if we obey God's word, then we will be prosperous and successful. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture... From, I like to say from the table of contents in the front to the maps in the back, right? From Genesis to Revelation. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If we follow God's word, we follow his light, we follow his truth, we will be thoroughly equipped for everything in life. Our purpose, our marriage, our parenting, our career, our finances, our possessions, our day-to-day living, like like everything, God God has instructed us how he wants us to live. So we consecrate ourselves, we obey God's instructions, and then number three is we have to take that step of faith. Now, I've taught this often at Greystone Church. Faith comes before the miracle. See, the priest had to get their feet wet before God does the miracle. They first had to step into the river, and then God does the miracle, and he stops the water from flowing. So many of us want God to do the miracle, then we'll take the step of faith. But God doesn't operate that way. He wants us to exercise our faith. He wants us to trust him. If he does the miracle first, there's no real step of faith. God wants us to step into the water. He wants us to get our feet wet. He wants us to trust him. So as you think about your promised land, you think about your big goals and your big dreams in 2024, what is the step of faith that you need to take? Like, where do you need to trust God? If God is calling you to something greater, you're going to have to take a greater step of faith. If God is calling you to something new, you're going to have to take a new step of faith. You're going to have to exercise some faith muscles that you've never used before. So what took faith in the past no longer takes faith today because our faith grows and matures. So what took faith in the past is simply being faithful 
in the present. What took faith yesterday no, is no longer faith today. What took you faith to get to where you are is not the faith that's going to get you to where you're going. Now, let me give you some examples because this could be new information for you. So, so how come what took faith in the past isn't faith today? Let, let me explain a few things. One example would be praying out loud. 35 years ago when I first became a Christian, it took a lot of faith for me to pray out loud. In fact, I would be in a small group. I'd be in a discipleship group. I'd be with my friends. It would be the time for whoever wants to pray can pray. And I was always nervous. I was always shy. And I, I was afraid to pray out loud. And I remember the very first time I was in a group and I, and I prayed out loud. It took a lot of faith. It took a lot of trusting in God for me to, to pray out loud. And then over the years, as I've prayed out loud, well, now I've been praying out loud for, th for 35 years. It doesn't take much faith for me to pray out loud. 35 years ago, it took faith. Now it's just a part of my life. It's a part, it's a part of my relationship with God. Another example would be tithing. If you've never tithed before, and you begin to tithe. You begin to give 10% of your income. That takes a lot of faith. <laughs> so if you, let's just say you make $100,000 a year, and you've never tithed before. He's like, I'm going to give the tithe this year. So that's, that's $10,000. That's a lot of money. That takes a lot of faith. Or, or if you make a million dollars, and you've never tithed before, well, you're going to give $100,000. Well, that's a, that's a big step of faith. But after you've been tithing for several years, it doesn't take faith to tithe. It just becomes a part of, a part of your Christian walk. It becomes a part of your faithfulness. Now, it takes sacrifice. It takes being faithful. But it doesn't take faith to tithe because that's become a part of your faith. It's become a part of your relationship with God. I, I've shared this with the church many times. Jennifer and I, we give 25%. Uh, of our income. It, it, it doesn't take faith for us to do that. It, it's being faithful. Now, if we were going to give 30, like if we're going to give another 5%, we would have to exercise some, some more faith, right? That, that would be another, that'd be a greater step of faith. But just giving 25% what we've always given, that's just, that's just being faithful. Now, if we're going to do more, it's, it's going to take a greater step of faith. An, another example would be leading a small group. If you've never led a small group before, the first time you step out in faith to lead a small group, it takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of trust in God, a lot of, a lot of depending on God. But after you've been leading a small group for years and years and years, it doesn't take a lot of faith. It takes faithfulness. It takes sacrifice. It takes, it takes commitment and, and discipline, but it doesn't take faith. If you want to see God do amazing things in your life, if you want to see God do something greater in your life and ministry, you have to take a greater step of faith. You can't stay the same. You have to keep growing. You have to keep challenging yourself. You have to keep stepping out in faith. If you want to walk on water, you have to step out of the boat. You have to step out of your comfort zone. You have to step out of the normal and the natural and step into the supernatural. You have to put yourself in a situation where you are depending on God. You're trusting in God. You're saying, God, if you don't show up, I'm in trouble. 
I'm no longer depending on myself, God. I am stepping into the faith zone. God, if you don't show up and if you don't show out, I'm going to get completely wet. <laughs> like, I'm going under. I'm going to drown. And when you take a step of faith, when you do step out in faith, and God does the miracle, and God stops those waters, we need to be quick to give him the glory. We need to be quick to tell people about it. We need to be quick to, to testify to what God has done. We need to be quick to, as the Israelites, like set up the memorial stone, like, like God just did this miracle. We took a step of faith. God did the miracle. Now let's give him the glory. Let, let's set up the memorial stone so that we can remember what God has done in our lives. Because when we look back on our lives and we see God's faithfulness, when we take these steps of faith, our faith is going to grow and it's going to give us the courage in the future to take even greater steps of faith. So as we move into 2024, let me encourage you, consecrate yourselves. Prepare yourself. Be honest and real with God and say, God, there's anything in my life that is keeping you from moving in a supernatural way, reveal it to me so that I can confess it, repent from it, and, and remove it from my life. The second thing is obey God's word. Like this is our firm foundation. We are building our lives upon the rock. We're building our lives upon Jesus and the truth of his word. And the number three is step out in faith. Exercise a new level of faith. Like, like stretch those spiritual muscles. Like, like as I shared a few weeks ago, lift those 85-pound dumbbells. You know, shock your muscles a little bit. Trust God to do things that, that he's never done before. God wants to do amazing things in your life in 2024. Let, let me pray for you. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much uh, for the truth of your word. And I thank you, God, that you are for us, that you want what's best for us. And God, I thank you that you have a purpose and a plan for all of our lives. God, if we're still breathing, you're not done with us yet. And God, as we move into 2024, God, I pray we move into the, the new year with optimism, with faith, with wonder, with belief, and, and dreaming big, God, dreaming for you to do things that only you can do. And I pray for everyone watching, everyone listening, God, I do pray that you do amazing things in their life this year. God, give, give, give them the strength and the courage to consecrate themselves. God, I pray that all of us would obey your word and God, we would step out in faith and trust you to do what only you can do. And we pray it all in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more messages or info on Greystone Church, feel free to go to our website, greystonechurch.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We look forward to connecting with you. We hope you have an amazing day and we'll catch you next week.